0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today, September 24th, 2019, to, and today we're reading from the big book. And we're on page 56, the second paragraph that starts, One Night When Confined, and we're reading through uh, where it says, Who are you to say there is no God? Um Today's readers are uh, Vanessa uh, for the 12 steps, Stacy T for the 12 traditions, Lisa B, Aaron I, and Martha Z are, are for readers of the text. Um, the uh, reference number for reference numbers for yesterday, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 13,000. Three forty, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is thirteen thousand four thirty-two. So that's thirteen three forty, and I want to check those real quick because I that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, thousand three four thirty for the. Uh, um, 7 a.m. meeting and 13,432 for the uh, uh, second for the 10 o'clock meeting. Um, Yeah, I lost my Um, place. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery I'm now going to ask Vanessa to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm Vanessa S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Charlotte, North Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and
2: with that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Next, we'll have ask Stacey T. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, Stacey T. in Cleveland. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants they do not govern. of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service in the past.
0: Thanks, Stacey. Okay, Uh, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share We're sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 56, the second paragraph, One Night When Confined, and we'll read through. Who are you to say there is no God? And so I'm going to ask Lisa B. to get us started. Lisa?
3: Good morning, Craig. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question. Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? Well, when I found out I was going to read this this morning, I I felt really overwhelmed. But few things have come to me. Um, One is the word pondering, and that means to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. And a synonym of pondering is contemplate, which means look thoughtfully. And, you know, contemplation really has been a useful tool for me um, rather than always just meditating, you know, because sometimes I don't know how to meditate but I can contemplate and I can think about and I can reach a conclusion and that's what happened with him and then you know the man that came to speak to him about his spiritual experience well that that tells me that this is an experiential program it's not something that can be achieved in my head and experience means to undergo or encounter an event to something personally encountered and that's my experience you know um, it's not about it getting head knowledge it's really about experiencing the process that this big book lays out for me and then um, the other word that jumped out for me uh, was confined and you know that word confined is used another time in the AA 12 and 12 and it, it really describes this perfectly. It says the damned the damned up emotions of years break out of their confinement and miraculously vanish as soon as they are exposed and I lived my life in confinement, and this reading reminds me that this is not a magical program. it is very much a miraculous program. He was able to break out of his confinement through the process of the of the twelve steps in in a sober mind in a sober mind. I'm to this an accident. So I can have
4: clarity. And then, you know, we talk. I'm sorry, my
3: head. Yep, I'm here. My headset went away, but I'm back. I apologize. Um, Anyways, I am wrapping up. The, The other thing is he talks about the religious people, and I'm reminded that this is a spiritual program. But, you know, in this chapter that we read, we talk about how the religious people that we see how the religious people were often right that they they use their principles to have stability and happiness and usefulness so i need to be quick to see where religious people are right but there, there is so much in this paragraph and i'm looking forward to hearing what everyone else shares thank you so much i pass
0: okay thank you lisa all right so uh, who would like to share on this paragraph uh, I'd like to remind everybody that uh, uh, we're asking you if you've shared in the last couple of days to hold back and let a variety of voices have a chance. So who'd like to share? Nancy P. Nancy? Is that Nancy
5: P. or Nancy T. Hey, is Peter.
0: Okay, who, was that? who else spoke up?
6: Hey, Roanne M.
0: Rowan, I've got you.
6: L-E-A-S.
7: Barbara E.
8: L-E-A-S. Sally? L-E-A-S, did you get me?
0: Uh, L-E-A-S, all right, thanks.
8: Yes, thank you.
7: Barbara E.
0: Barbara, I got you.
7: Thank
9: you.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Who else? All right, well, let's just go with those four for now then. Um, Nancy P, Roanne M, uh, Ali A.S., and Barbara E. Uh, Go ahead, Nancy.
4: Hi, Craig. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I love for me that, you know, the whole thing um, of, you know, higher power, God, whatever, it it was really difficult for me. And, um, you know, I always say that I was kind of was hijacked, you know, blindfolded, forced to my knees, handcuffed with a gun to my head. Do you surrender now? You know, you ready to do what they say. And You know, this book is so gentle. You know, it says, I get to decide who or what my higher power is, me. Nobody else gets to say. I get to choose what I want, and I get to choose what I don't want. But for me, it was really a great reminder when they say, make use of what religious people know and have to say. And so what I've chosen again, just for me, this is what I decided works for me, is I perceive that as as a person of, you know, a secular person, religious people, their job is to help me tune in to my higher power. They're not my moral compass. You know, I don't follow any kind of a churchy, templey, whatever, mosque thing. I just try to live a, a good life and, you know, be kind to little animals and that sort of thing. And, um, but, but religious people can train me how to tune into my higher power because it says in the book, you know, it's all, it's all very well and good, you know, or just me, just me, this is what I perceive, you know, in my, in my life, I, I have felt, like they say, who, you know, looking in a starlit night, who then made all this, but the fleeting, the feeling was fleeting and soon lost. So I don't, still don't, um. I don't really converse with any religious people, like trained, you know, um, officers of the church, in any way. But it, that that knowledge, that sort of that just that line, make use of what religious people have to say, um, has really helped me to um, stop and think carefully about just what my sponsor said to me. What do I want God to do for me, and what do I want God to be? And I defined all that myself in my own way, in my own time. And um, I'm really happy with the result. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Okay, thanks, Nancy. Roanne, you're
4: up.
6: Good morning. This is Roanne M. I'm calling from New York. Um, I love this paragraph. Uh, Sorry, I know a little background noise. I love this paragraph because it's completely me like I'm the one that says oh poor me God isn't taking care of me I have the short end of the stick where is God if there was a God why are all these bad things happening to me why am I having why do I have these types of parents or why do I have this type of financial situation like all the if only if only this were different if only that were different so where is God in that but then it's like why are all these people praying and meditating uh, part of a religious denomination why are all these people doing this like they can't all be wrong like my disease wants to tell me that i'm unique and i'm different and like other people have something that i don't have but that really is my ego setting me apart from other people like either putting me above or below other people. And so it's like, am I unique? No, I'm not unique. I have the same disease as everyone else. I'm an addict. I'm a compulsive overreader. So it's like, who am I to say there is no God? Not that I believe that, but it's like, I believe in God. It's just like, well, why is God going to help me? If he helps all these other people, why wouldn't he help me? So it's like I separate myself from the group. I always do that. I always feel like I'm apart from. So I just love this paragraph. I don't need, I'm just another bozo on the bus. I can, you know, be part of the crowd. I know it's so noisy. Sorry, guys. I can be part of the crowd. I don't have to separate myself. You know, it's just really a reminder, like, I don't have to put myself in this separate category like God's going to help everyone else, but God's not going to help me. No, that's my disease. That's false. That I just, I need to remember this. I need to remember that if God will take care of other people and help other people be restored to sanity, then I can be restored to sanity. I'm not so different. Anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you roanne um, ali a s Your turn, followed by Barbara
4: Yes, hello,
8: thank you. My name's ali a s and I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery from Germany. I'm so happy to be on this meeting. I almost forgot which t- to press star one. I pressed star six and nothing happened. Um. Yeah, this paragraph, it really brings me back to my life and what's going on at the moment. I kind of, I had a stressful situation on the weekend at work and I'm also going to, preparing to go back to school. I'm doing pre-courses and um, that stressful situation, it triggered my fears and it triggered my disease so much that Still, after five months of abstinence, I felt so close to the food. I felt physical pain. I felt horrible. And, yeah, and I need to remember that there is God, and God loves me, and God will take care of me, because if I would need to be self-reliant on all my life's success, then, oh, my God, and I would already jump out the window, because I can't do it. I can't. I'm, you know, I'm not a machine, and um, I need to rely on God for God to, you know, to, to have a plan. I need to do my footwork, but just today I needed to, just to say, okay, I won't be able to go to school. I'll stay at home. I'll, I, I won't have any coffee. I'll just stay and relax and rest because that's what I haven't been doing for the past week and I realized today that there's only one recovery and also I'm and God grants me that recovery but I also need to respect it and take care of it and I need to put in the footwork and go to the meetings and, and, and work my program and also take rest take time to rest because if I don't do that I will relapse and the past days that has been shown to me so clearly and I got really scared and about my thing that I'm still afraid from work just now I the thought came to my head hey you don't need to be afraid if it doesn't work out well with that job God already has another one lined up for me I just need to trust and do my best and try to be of service and do my footwork and God will take care of the rest And I need to remember that in every minute and every second of the day because the moment I I, I, I don't think of that and I don't remember that, I start feeling bad because I think I need to be self-reliant and I need to take care of it all by myself. And this big burden is just too much for me. Like, I can't do it. I need God to manage my life because I'm just not able. I'm an addict and, yeah. Uh, it's just so good to share that. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, thank you, uh, Ali Um, Barbara E., you're up, and then we'll take some new names.
7: Thank you, Craig. Well, lack of power was my dilemma, a choice between two alternatives, both of them equally undesirable. If I went through door number one, it would require me to truthfully look at my flaws, and deepest, most shameful secrets, and humble myself enough to share them with another, laying aside the part they did, and make genuine amends for my mistake, and then pray and meditate and work with others for the rest of my life. Or I could choose door number two, which meant the certainty of a demoralizing and painful death, and the ongoing destruction of my family's mental health. I was told repeatedly that if I chose door number one, I must find a power to guide me. But how would I find this power? That was the dilemma again. For 50 years, I persisted in the delusional thinking that I could figure out the solution on my own, That I could not. This miraculous book gives us all the solution to our dilemma. For me, it was an answer to solve my anger, my isolation, my fears. But I had to be willing to open the door a crack to accept the possibility and to eventually let this God of my no understanding move from my head to my heart to remember God is a gentleman. He doesn't go where he's not invited. And today in 2019, I ask my God to get between me and my anger, between me and my fears, to between, between me and my burdens, between me and my resentments, and me and my compulsive overeating, of course, to see the glasses half full and allow the Spirit of love to enter my heart so that I can bring joy into the lives of others. This has been a beautiful 20 years for me since I crawled in desperate and without hope. I am so grateful to have been led to OA. That was indeed the higher power that I learned to believe in. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, I pass.
0: Okay, thank you, Barbara. All right. Um, who else would like to share on the paragraph Nessa. that we just read? Deanna Nessa. Anna
5: Deanna Deanna From Maryland.
0: P. All right. Deanna P. All right, I've got Nessa and Deanna out of all of them. Kelly. Well, B- 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 I've got Kelly, and that's it of that. Margo. Leslie W. Leslie, I got you. Margo P. Margo, got you.
10: Did you have Vasa O, Greg?
0: Oh, no. Okay, we'll end with Vasa O. Thank all you. Right. I have, all right, I have Nessa, uh, Deanna, Kelly, Leslie, Margo, and Vasa. Um, so uh, let's go in that order. Uh, go ahead, Nessa, take us away.
11: Hi, um, thank you. I'm sorry that I interrupted you there. My uh, name is Nessa uh, R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I love this story because it just proves to me, proves to me that if this guy can believe that a power greater than himself can return to sanity, if this guy can recover, then anybody can. And what do I have to do? I have to let go of my faulty dependencies. I have to let go of my old ideas. I mean, the first thing, obviously, the first faulty dependency is dependency upon the food. And the um, ideas I have to let go of, you know, that life has to be a certain way for me to be okay, that people have to do certain things or behave in certain ways for me to be okay. You know, I have to let go of all my old ideas, you know, old ideas about food and waste, old ideas about God, all ideas about uh, life and people, um, because my recovery, my well-being depends solely upon God. And um, there's a passage that I love in page 98 that speaks just about this, and it says, He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people, and I would add substances like food and alcohol, ahead of dependence um, on God. And this is what Fit did right here. You know, he said, um, you know, who am I to say that there is no God, you know, willing to believe, willing to depend on God for his well-being? And that is the key, you know. Um, We, you know, we have to let go of our old ideas, absolutely, because the result is nil um, if we don't do that. Um, And that's a prerequisite. And um, how I do that is the the steps help me. The steps worked in abstinence helped me let go of my old ideas by first identifying them and then seeing how uh, destructive they have been in my life and then letting them go. Uh, and again, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Anybody can do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
12: Craig F. Star One Ton
9: mute.
13: Good morning, everyone. I thought it was unmuted. This I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead, Deanna.
13: This is Deanna P. in Wilmington, Delaware. Good morning, everyone. I'm relatively new to this program, and I've made the habit of listening to the first 20 minutes on the way to work and the last 20 minutes coming home, and I really, really want to thank everyone for their support. Um, I called in last week. Um, I'm very new to recovery, and I had so many... um, Of you call or text me, and um, I was not able to get back to everyone, but I just want to thank you so much. Um, This truly is a community of people, um, not only in recovery, but giving away their sobriety on a regular basis. And so I thank you for that. Um, I was not hearing the very first part of the um, paragraph this morning, but I was able to hear enough about. Um, the religion part to um, it, it perked my ears because I spent my entire life um, in the church and with a strong faith, and that was just my upbringing. And um, but my addiction in my addiction, I believed that that God would somehow magically remove or take this from me if I don't only pray hard enough. Um, and, and it just doesn't work that way um i think i knew that but i didn't want to give up my self-will i wanted to come away from prayer and still have my self-will and um god just was not going to grant me my wish he wasn't a magical genie um he knew that i would have to fully surrender and come to a place where i would fully surrender and I'm still in the process of doing that. Um, and I love that there are voices on here of newcomers who are still in the struggle of coming out of their addiction. I really appreciate that. Um, so with that, I pass and have a great day, everyone.
0: Thank you, Deanna. Next up, we have Kelly S., and that'll be. she'll be followed by Leslie W. Thanks. Good morning, Kelly? Craig.
14: This is, hey, Craig. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Oklahoma. Um, Grateful to be on the line. So let's see here. Um, Well, pretty much what everybody else has said. You know, I've been around these rooms, as you guys know, for decades and pretty much felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do and God didn't care about me, you know. So before I even came in these rooms, of course, I was like 20, you know. I was always a victim to life. And then in in these rooms, I just was sure because I was – You know, uh, watching everybody just sure God didn't care. You know, I was doing all this work, I thought, but, you know, I've shared this before. I didn't understand that uh, I had to work these steps. I had to take the action, that I couldn't just use the tools. I couldn't just go to meetings. I had to follow the instructions, you know. And, you know, um, I always wanted God to zap me. You know, it talks about in the big book a little bit further on, um, you know, I think it's, I'm not a big book scholar, but 6061 about, um, you know, we want to direct the play, and I always remember that part, because I'm telling you guys, I have realized that is the crux of my problem in all areas of my life. People, life, things do not go my way. They don't get the script, and I've also found out if they get the script, they don't read the part right, so this is what I realized. God didn't get my script. God wasn't doing what I wanted this God to do. Of course, I questioned if there was even a God, you know, um, like everybody else on the line. But what I, what I realized was, you know, I just would, you know, I would hear these white light experiences or you know, these religious experiences. I live here in the Bible Belt, and those, those weren't happening to me, so there's not a God, and God wasn't doing So I had a script for God, you know, and God wasn't following my script. And what does that mean? I wanted God to fix me. I wanted the genie, as somebody said. You know, I wanted that white light experience. You know, somebody on the line one time said, you know, that old saying about um, – you know, we we uh, pray to God that we continue to row to shore, and I'm like, row? What the hell? I don't want to row. You know, I want to get in a canoe and float down the current. You know, I don't want to do any work, but grateful, you know, that um, I listened. The, you know, I just want to tell any of the newcomers, and especially what I want to tell you, relapsers, uh, people like me who are around who have pretty much given up hope, that just keep an open mind, you know. And it talks about, I know this is step two, but it talks about in the 12 and 12, In step three, that this is about conforming our will with God. We're in partnership with God. God is going to give me the strength to do this. He's not going to fix me or zap me. He's going to give me the strength. So my problems aren't going to go away. I'm going to learn how to get through this stuff, but I have to put down the food. I have to pick up these steps, and I have to work all 12 to get that spiritual awakening. I wanted it in step one or two or three. I wanted it when I wanted it, and God wasn't getting the script. So I had to work the program, and when I got through the 12 steps and continued to do the work every day, then I have realized, hey, guess what? I don't know about the whole God thing, but there is a power greater than myself, and it's working today. Grateful to be here. Thanks, Craig. Pass.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Okay, uh, Leslie W., and and she'll be followed by Margo P. Leslie?
12: Thanks, Craig, for your service. Leslie recovered in Tennessee, and... Covered compulsive overeater, who are you to say there is no God? Um, I'd just like to talk for a minute and maybe address uh, the issue of uh, having a God uh, when you come into program like I did. I, I would guess that there's a lot of I'm going to guess that there's a lot of you out there that um, believe in God, but don't believe that God cares about your problem with food um, or what you put into your your body. <clears throat> or what you put on your plate, and uh, I thought that myself. You know, and it, it's so, it's so funny. You know, in some ways, I I almost wish I had come into the program as a, as an as someone who didn't believe in God or someone who didn't wasn't raised in a church because um, I wasn't a blank slate to be to be written upon. I had already I had had a lot of of writing on that slate already and had grew up in the church <clears throat> and was taught that God could do all things, that there's nothing that God cannot do for me, nothing. God is all-powerful. So if God is all-powerful and, and there's nothing he cannot do, then why why was he ignoring me? Why had he betrayed me when I cried out in the middle of the night, please, God? take this away from me. Please God, don't let me don't let me dive into this jar of peanut butter or this this tub of ice cream again. God, reach down and snatch this food out of my hand. Because wasn't I really saying that, you know, um, who am I to say that God does not care? I believed that all of those faults, all those beliefs that I had that God did not care about what i was doing to myself had to be erased and a new idea had to be rewritten on that chalkboard of my of my soul and i wish i could tell you that there was an i wish i could tell you that there was an easy way to get there there's not however i kept on coming i kept on listening i kept on trying I didn't give up on God, and he didn't give up on me. And I'm so grateful for that today. The hope that I can give is that if you think that God doesn't care about your food, your higher the higher power, your higher power does. Your higher power does. And I wish there was a way I could convince you of that, but unfortunately there's not. You're just going to have to live through it like all, the rest of us have. But just hold on to that hope that, that that the others have given. And with that,
15: I pass.
0: Okay. Thank you, Leslie. Margot P., you're up, and that'll, and you'll be followed by Vasa O.
15: Good morning, everyone. It's Margot P. Thank you, everyone, for sharing experience, strength, and hope. On this page, um, trying to understand the God of understanding where it says pondering the answer, when I came into Overeaters Anonymous a long time ago, you know, it really saved my life at that time. But then I lost the recovery, and then I relapsed, and then I had to find a God of understanding again in the OA program. And I kept saying, is there a God who can really help me with this food issue? You know, and when I keep hearing it and hearing it in the meetings, and, and, um, and this is my first time being in envision for You, I even hear it stronger from everyone. And God with skin, you know... It's so great. I am grateful for this program because I came to believe in pondering on it and pondering the answer that I have to work the step and the tradition and get a sponsor, not do it my own way. So I did it before in my own way. And then not believing the people, what they're saying, you know, in the program, religion people. I was just scared. I was like, hmm, how is this going to work for me? And, yes, there was a God in my life, but <laughs> I kept putting him aside. I was the God of my own, and I kept putting him aside. Finally, when it hit me, I say, I finally need to get this together. And I have been around for a while now, and I'm grateful, and I have a sponsor, and still doing the vision for you whenever I can because my time limit on the phone service that I have is limited. So I'm here today, and thank you everyone for this um, this big book, because I'm learning a little by little because I'm not a, uh, what do they call it, uh, I am <laughs> something about people who knows about the big book. I do not know that too well, but as a date of time I get on it, I try to comprehend it a little bit at a time. And that's what it is. The program is a little bit of time, understanding a step at a time. And it's progress, not perfection. So thank you, everyone, for sharing, and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Margo. Okay, Vasa, oh, you're up, and then we'll take some new names.
10: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, yeah. thank you, Craig, for your service. I'm Vasa, Grateful to recover Compulsive Vida. Calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, it's, this is a really good paragraph for me. I grew up in a religious home, and I also was raised in a communist country, so um, they told us there was no God. We needed to depend our on our own willpower, and whatever we need to do, we had to accomplish by ourselves. And I also didn't have a good experience being raised in an alcoholic religious home either. So I had a lot, a lot of confusion. But when I came to my uh, meetings right here, my programs, I heard this was a spiritual program, and this was like a song to my heart. I loved hearing this was a spiritual program. It was not a religious religious program. But I have learned to have an open mind over the years, you know, uh, in that area too. So I did have the gift of desperation, and I was more uh, in tune with the 12 steps, the way they're laid out and learning about my allergy. And uh, I heard I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me with the food addiction. And um, that's the answer. And, of course, that's the answer to my problem and working the 12 steps the way they laid out. And uh, this has been, I still feel like this is my church. You know, I love going to my 12-step meetings And uh, I hear what I need to hear here about myself, my addiction, my life, my will. And I'm not saying that, you know, yes, people that are are religious, they read the Bible, whatever they read, you know, that's very helpful also. But for me, I've kind of also have gone to that area too, because it says here, we can explore you know, our spirituality, uh, our God of our understanding. So I'm combining them both right now, but I prefer doing what I'm doing here in the vision for you and the 12 steps. Thank you, and I
0: pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, we're on page uh, uh, 56, um, the second paragraph, One Night When Confined, and we're reading through, To Say There Is No God. Who else would like to share on that paragraph? Christina J. Amy M- 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 G.
16: Melissa C. Leah M. All
0: right. Franny J. You guys are going faster than I can write. Uh, I've got Christina, and then there was somebody, and then I had Leia, and then I have Franny. Amy G. Is that right? Sandra S-, S. Sandra S. I, I, I think we're probably having... Not enough time for all these, but let's go ahead and go. Christina, uh, please start.
17: Thank you. My name is Christina Jay. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered in Washington State. Great to be on the line. Love this chapter. Um, came up in religion and felt a real strong connection to what I like to call my father, because my own father was uh, not a real father he left me with some wounds of insecurity and um just a lot of different things i carried through life which made me think that i wasn't good enough and that i had to prove to the world that uh i was good enough and i could be loved and i was i set out on a mission to prove that so um <clears throat> but i did believe in god and i believed he was protecting my my whole life so here it is if there is a god he certainly hasn't done anything for me um my career became focus of, you know, God's God's going to make this happen. He's going to open these doors. I just got to keep pushing them down. <laughs> what a what a paradox, huh? I got to keep pushing them down, but God's going to open them. Uh, I figured that uh, I was supposed to do what I was doing, and that God was going to open those doors for me. Um, and I kept when I got into program, I kept hearing. I have a life beyond my wildest dreams, and I wanted that life, and I never had it, and I just couldn't understand why wasn't God opening these doors that I was trying to push down. Um, and I, I wanted what you guys had on the line. So what I learned was that I was uh, made a decision to turn my life and will over to you know, the, the care of God as I understood him. I, ma- I never made that decision. I wasn't turning my whole life and will over to God. Came to believe there was a power. Yeah, I knew there was a power. Uh, but I kept making choices, my own choices with food, and uh was uh, I had a choice. I thought I had a choice i'm i 'm going to pick up again, you know relapse after relapse uh, i didn 't come to the point that there was no option with food. I knew my life was a mess, but i didn 't realize that I was powerless over this, and that I needed to give it to God. I needed to give things to God, and in doing that finally, um I came to experience that surrender. Uh, and that beauty of the surrender of i don 't have to worry about anything but day, uh and I have to just ask God in quiet meditation, "What is your will for my life? What is your will for my food today? What is your will for me? How do I interact with these people in my life that are causing me turmoil? <clears throat> what do I do with this stressful situation, And I can surrender to God and know that he 's got it? This is the miracle of the program. this is what I never got before. Even though I had a God I believed and loved dearly and knew he was protecting me, now I can re- live in peaceful uh, contentment every day of my life. Who are you to say there is no God? Um, I have always believed one, have had one, believed in one. But who am I to keep taking the reins and thinking that I'm in control of everything? that That's my question. And I'm, I'm nobody. I need to let God handle this. And that is, again, that's the miracle of the program that you can get to. Jump in and take these steps. Find a recovered sponsor to guide you, and you will experience that miracle. And I'm slowly getting a life beyond my wall. Remind you. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Love to all.
0: All right. Thank you, Amy G., and you'll be followed by Leah M. Go ahead, Amy.
5: Thank hey. you. Thanks, Craig. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Um, thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. You know, let's remember where we are here in the sense that this guy that had this dramatic experience, and just friendly reminder, not all of us, you know, have this type of dramatic experience. You know, I'm much more myself, was of the garden variety that they talk about in the appendix about the spiritual experience that people can have in this program. We sort of come to this type of understanding but this guy he was at the point of self-destruction you know and 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 and, and something happens because he was at the end of himself and I can I can relate to that because for me with my agnosticism and this disease of compulsive overeating I, I felt like I was at a crossroads I didn't know you know they, they say on page 25 um, we, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. There is but two options. One is to pick up the kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet, i.e. working the 12 steps, or to continue eating into oblivion. And for me, I didn't know where to go because in my agnosticism, I thought if you want me to turn to the God that I have and that I think I know, I'm going to die of compulsive overeating because I, I don't I, I can't do that. And uh, working with a sponsor and going to meetings and starting to understand uh, the beauty of it is she said to me one time is, who am I to say there is no God other than the one that I grew up with? And for me, I needed to understand that I could literally, you know, she told me you can fire that God and hire a new one. I could develop a new concept of other people have been sharing about so eloquently better than me, this idea of developing a new concept of a higher power. Clearly, I needed a higher power. I I had no power over this disease, and I was dying of it, and I could admit my powerlessness without a shadow of a doubt. I knew my life was unmanageable. I knew I was powerless. I knew I had lack of power, but I didn't know what that power could be because it couldn't be the God that I knew. And then the question was, is it possible that all the religious people I had known were wrong? Was it possible that my perception and my conception of God was wrong? You know, or at least it didn't suit me. So if I could let go of that perception, you know, I could then start to begin anew. And that didn't happen overnight. I, I, you know, I was told to start the process of working these steps to put the food down, work the steps, and that higher power would then evolve. And that's exactly what happened through the process of taking action, praying to God, rowing to shore whatever that saying was, was to do the action and then my higher power would evolve, as it indeed did. It was much more of a slow evolution of the process, but I didn't have any other choice. And thank God the people in the program that gave me those other options and let me know. that As long as I was willing to let go of old ideas and old concepts of what I believed in, I too could have this recovery program. I too could tap into a higher power. And it certainly wasn't me. And I'm so grateful to y'all. Will help me think in a different way and believe in a different way and act in a different way because of these 12 steps and with that I'll pass.
0: All right thank you very much. Next up we have Leah M followed by Fran uh, I didn't get Fran's last initial. Leah?
16: Hey, thank you very much for your service. What can I say? I was cornered. <laughs> I, w- I was cornered um, at this point you know I was raised in a very intellectual household. Um, my father had been raised religious and had Uh, thrown that off. Um, He was a very, he is a very intellectual man, chief physicist of the Department of Defense um, of the Navy. So very intellectual, and that was the environment I grew up in. Um, And so, you know, when my disease cornered me, and, uh, you know, uh, I had this same question posed at me, you know, I wanted to figure it out because that was how I was raised. You know, self-reliance, self-sufficiency, you, you figure things out, you, you, you problem solve. But the reality was because of my illness, I was going to die during the investigation. You know, is there, isn't there, is there, isn't there, um, you know, while I dig my fists further into bakery boxes and cellophane bags. The reality is that the pain was increasing. Pain is the greatest motivator to effectuate change in someone like me. And, you know, forced to dethrone my intellect and to not know, you know, but to uh, be shown that there is a reality higher than my intellect. and And the proof was that, I was meeting with people in whom the problem had been solved. You know, when I sat down with someone across the table from me who um, had been restored to sanity uh, in his alcoholism, um, I left that conversation with something I came in without. I left with, with hope. You know, I left with hope. So this wasn't an intellectual decision. It was God coming in through my wounds, through my pain. And when I accepted the possibility that there was another way, because I saw living proof sitting across from me, and I saw those results, that a miracle could and would happen if God were sought, saw, were saw then I was able to permit my mind to experience it to have an experience. I didn't have to carry this burden of overcoming my illness by myself because despite years of involvement with psychology and religion and therapy and self-help, I didn't see the defects in those old ideas and attitudes that were dominating me. But the freedom of the 12 steps, as it released me, that freedom embraced my broken places and transformed me. Because ordinary religion and faith wasn't going to be enough for someone like me. It had to be a transforming experience. And that occurred through the work of the 12 steps, you know, that in the seeking in the sinking, he was found. So I didn't have to figure it out. At this point, all I had to do was realize that I was killing myself under the guise of seeking ease and comfort by my own hand, and just to throw myself into the program and follow directions, and the responsibility that I had was to take actions because those were the demonstration of my willingness to recover. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Leah. Okay. N- next, we have Fran, and we're real tight on time about two and a half minutes okay. we probably won't get to sandra fran go ahead
9: good morning this is franny k from virginia richmond virginia uh great stuff this morning as usual i too went to uh a, a organized church organized religion all my life but i did not find a god a one-on-one higher power until i walked into 12 step rooms which i'm in the mothership uh group also, but, you know uh almost three weeks ago uh because I struggle with some brain chemistry, I was uh almost suicidal, and on the surface, I have everything going for me, but this is such a um an empty hole this uh lack of spiritual um uh surrender, and I'm so grateful that I actually take the action and listen and do what I'm told. And uh to the to the newcomer I will say that since last uh December I've been listening um consistently to uh I want to say religiously to vision. Uh I love my visionaries, but uh just listening is a passive action. It's not reaching out to others and um making the calls and doing the work. And uh I just wanna say that never give up because if there is a picture in the dictionary of a chronic relapser It's me, um, you know, since 1983, I've struggled with this disease on and off. And just like in Bill's story, I had times when I was riding, you know, my goose hung high. And that, um, unfortunately, fueled my disease because it it gave me that false um, sense of I can do this on my own. But uh, daily, hourly, I have to um, surrender. And sometimes my higher power is the program. Uh, my Abby, I uh, was writing this and reflecting on Bill's story. My Abby is, are actually the recovered people that I see in my face-to-face meetings that I can feel their uh, recovery coming out in their eyes, in their actions, in their uh, lack of judgment. So I want to thank you, and I do just have a great appreciation for this program because I would not be um, be sitting here without it. Thank you, y'all, have a wonderful um, Tuesday, bye.
0: All right, thank you, Fran. Um, We don't have enough time. Uh, Sandra, maybe you can uh, stay and share in the second hour. Uh, For for people that would like to read more about this guy that fell out of the bed, his story is uh, in the back of the book. It's called Our Southern Friend, and uh, it's on page 208 in the fourth edition. That's made you, so uh, if you want to read some more you can tune into that um, uh, thanks to everyone who shared uh, please join us in, for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing the share ID for today is one is thirteen thousand four hundred and thirty five one three four three five um, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, we'll uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, Aaron and I, please read the uh, vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
5: Hello, this is Aaron and I from upstate New York, recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.